This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, what's up? Kevin Jones, founder of Blue Wire. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Do me a favor. Send it to one of your friends. We're growing this network, grassroots style. It takes everyone. You're a part of our team if you send this to one of your friends. All right, enjoy this podcast and appreciate your support. What's up, friends? Welcome into episode 23 of StressCast. I'm Gail Anderson, joined by the lovely Ella Giovanni. And Ella, this was a wonderful weekend when it came to sports. If you weren't around your television, you're probably not a sports fan because if you are a sports fan, you had every sport going on pretty much. Oh, it was jam-packed. My brain felt like it was going to explode because obviously baseball season is well underway now. Stanley Cup playoffs, the NBA playoffs kicked off. And then of course the Masters, Kayla. Yes. Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. He is back. That was an absolutely incredible uh, thing to watch. I, I will now say I know where I was when Tiger won the Masters in 2019. This is his first major in 11 years. His first Masters, uh, what, since 2000, was it, was it five? Five, yeah. 2005, and so it's just, it's an incredible feat for all that he has gone through as an athlete, first of all, Uh, just, you know, the back surgeries, and at one point not being able to walk. I mean, how many tournaments, Ella, did we watch that he would withdraw from? Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever saw him, I saw him maybe winning another major with last year's comeback, but I didn't think it would be the most prestigious one, it being the Masters. I'm not a Tiger fan, you know, off of the golf course. Right. I commend what he did. I mean, it's an incredible story. The comeback is incredible. What he does for the sport as a whole, I mean, I don't know if you saw any of the ratings. They were just through the roof. And even when you're, if you were watching the Masters this weekend, the crowds that follow him along the course is incredible. It does wonders for the sport. So, you know, his personal life aside, it was really awesome to see and it was so cool. Not a huge fan, but I thought it was a great day for golf and um, it was a really, really good story. Yeah. And I, I understand where you're coming from. I had a lot of viewers on my professional Facebook page when I posted it that said, you know, I don't care. He's a bad guy. And I see where people come from because what he did, like nobody should condone or think that that's funny or think that, you know, that's a free pass to do whatever you want. I will say this though. First of all, I'm a person who thinks nobody's perfect in life. And Tiger, you know, his life was publicized in front of the whole world. And Mm -hmm. I think the way he grew up, his dad, as much good as he did for him, I think his dad pretty much was brought him up to be like, you can do whatever you want. You are the king, Mm -hmm. you own whatever. And I think like Tiger never thought 
something like that was an issue. And sadly, he, he had to figure it out because I think he has changed a little more as a person. Um, he's definitely different with the media now. He's definitely a more humble person. And for all sakes, I hope he's a better dad. So mm-hmm. I will give him a second chance in that aspect of things because I think everybody in life goes through really, really bad times. And if you don't, congratulations to you, but I'm not one of those people either. So right. Right. I guess I, 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 I understand life sometimes is not pretty. So uh, hopefully... He has learned from that, but what he has done on the golf course, regardless, is remarkable. So he's my winner of the week, Paula. He's your winner of the week? Yep. My winner of the week <laughs> is Budweiser. Oh! Do you know where I'm I going with this? I see where you're going with this. So anyone yes. who may not have seen it, the Budweiser commercial for um, Dwayne Wade yeah. was, it was awesome. remarkable. I think I've watched it 87 times Mm -hmm. because it just, so I guess for people who don't know, Dwayne Wade, famous NBA player is retiring. He played his final games last week and Budweiser did a commercial to, to um, commemorate him and his career. However, as opposed to every other retirement video you may have seen in the past, this was so different. This commemorated Dwayne Wade as a human and what he did for people that no one even knew about. Who even knew half of these stories? Who knew the story about his mother? You have to you have to watch it if if you haven't seen it. Google it. You'll find it very easily. It was incredible. And um it's why we love sports, right? Because yeah, he was a great basketball player, obviously. But when you watch that video, you have so much more of a respect for him than anything he did in his basketball career. And yeah. so go Budweiser, go Dwayne Wade. I'm a fan for life now after watching that. And it's exciting to kind of then look, you know, into maybe what the future has in store for him after his basketball days are over, because look at the impact he already had while playing. So it was kind of cool to see, oh, he has so much life ahead of him and so much change to to make yeah he was on good morning america and sitting down with michael strahan and they traded jerseys actually and he goes to strahan which i do not think is a joke or in the future i can't see this too far-fetched he's like so how do i get a gig like you man and it's like well i think you probably have a free ticket yeah (laughs) uh, most athletes that that can really connect with the public like that in a mm-hmm. different way, not just on a sports um, realm of things is, is probably a, a free ticket into the bigger world of, of news yep. and, and, you know, those type of shows in the mornings and stuff. So I could totally see him doing something like that. I just, yeah, I was so amazed. I sent, I sent it to my dad, the link right away. And we weren't big NBA people when I was growing up. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we would watch the Sixers, but never really followed it. And my dad was like, wow, I'm a, I'm a Wade fan now because it just was, it was really remarkable. And and the biggest thing both my dad and I said was, you didn't know any of this. This wasn't highly publicized things, acts of kindness that he was doing in the spotlight. Like all of this happened and no one had any idea. Yeah. And that's what makes it so much more special. It was a guy that really used his platform for so much good. 
and it's really exciting to see what he's going to do next now that he's done playing. Yeah, no, that's a great story, and uh, loved seeing all the boys there for his last game, LeBron James, yeah, that was cool. Chris Paul. Uh, that, was, that was really cool to see. So, I mean, there's so much to get to. Uh, we're going to get to so much more in terms of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. We're going to get to the NBA playoffs here in the next month or so. But NFL draft, NFL baby. draft, yeah. But right now, we're going to kind of skew into another sport that's happening um, for college, especially right now. And it's a sport that I really love. I grew up playing softball uh, ever since I was about nine years old, played all the way through high school. So it's a sport I connect with, and Ella. When you brought up this guest to me, I was just like, this is going to be awesome to hear her story. I am honored to introduce our next guest, professional softball player, AJ Andrews. AJ, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, first, I want to thank you for being such a trailblazer for women in sports. And we will get to all of that shortly. But let's start with where your softball career began. I read on your website that you always dreamed of being a, quote, amazing athlete. What is your first memory of falling in love with softball? And when did you know it was something you were going to pursue? Yeah, well, when I was younger, I played sports literally from the time I was probably three or four since I could walk. And I was one of those kids that liked to try absolutely everything, every sport. So I played soccer. I ran track. I was a cheerleader. Um, I tried gymnastics and I tried tennis and uh, swimming. Those didn't work out as well. (laughs) But um, yeah, and then my mom, she played like co-ed softball team. And so my favorite thing to do when I was little was go to those games because, you know, you have all the other her teammates, kids were there. And then she just asked me if I wanted to play one day. And so I gave it a shot and joined the Oldsmar Little League when I was probably about 11 years old, which is a lot older than typically what you'll hear most people say when they start playing softball. But I was I was a huge soccer player when I was younger before softball. Um, and so then I just remember softball really being one of those sports where it was just consistent fun, right? You had breaks, like you're in the dugout. There were breaks where you could just cheer, yell, goof around. Um, I loved nothing more than wet grass, being able to dive in the outfield on wet grass when I was playing softball. So for me, softball was really just one of the, I'm a super competitive and all the other sports I played was really an opportunity for me to just go all out and be that competitor. But softball was really one of the sports where I actually had a break while competing and also had a lot of fun. When you're 11 years old, you know, that kind of sticks with you. So that just kind of was the beginning of AJ Andrews and softball, some wet grass and, yeah. um, and some really crazy cheers. If you've ever been to like a little league or maybe even just a 12 and under softball game, you'll hear the craziest cheers ever. And that was probably one of the most fun times I can even think about. AJ, I love hearing that because I played softball um, probably from the age of seven to through high school. And what you're saying, like the breaks between innings and everything, I can remember my fondest memories was um, we would get these French loaf breads. And so like while we're on the bench, we would like eat through these French loaf breads. And then I remember just having to go to the grocery store afterward. And I always wanted my jersey to be dirty. So like it was a goal in every game to, I had to slide, you know, cause that was like, <laughs> that meant something if I went walk oh, to the grocery store. A hundred percent. I always told someone, um, 
I call it like, you know, when you're done with the game, if you don't smell good, I'm like, well, that's, that's hard work and dedication. You're smelling right there. And I always <laughs> say that, um, you know, I don't feel like I had a good game unless I got dirty. So I'm right there with you. And yeah, snacks. I didn't mention it, but yeah, snacks was a huge part of Little League softball. Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, you know, LSU came calling, and that's where you chose to play your college career. What was your experience like at LSU where you became an All-American, and how did it set you up to play professionally? Yeah, well, one of the things that I really like to tell kids, especially when I talk about just the recruiting process, because a lot of people ask me about that, um, it comes down to working hard always, regardless of who's watching or if you don't even realize anyone's watching. Um, during the recruiting process, you know, I played a lot of different tournaments and I didn't know who was who wanted AJ to be on their team, right? Um, and just one moment where it's just one play and I go out and I make a diving catch in the outfield. I make a diving catch and an LSU coach was walking by the field as I made that diving catch. And so what I tell kids is that, you know, if I miss that one ball or if I didn't decide to die for that one ball in my entire career, there are all these diving plays I made. If I didn't decide to die for that one, I may not. My entire life could be completely different right now because, wow. you know, that LSU coach may not have even paid any attention to me after that. So um, I just that's really why I think working hard is so important and always going all out no matter what. And so that leads into getting to be able to play at LSU, right? I mean, I'm going there. My dad always told me, uh, there's always someone better than you. And um, I think it's just because I was so competitive as a kid. And, you know, I just, he knew that I was going to be one of those, I was so hard on myself uh, if I didn't do well. And he just was really trying to motivate me to always never have an excuse not to do well. And so as I got into college and playing college ball, um, that really stuck with me. You know, anytime I wanted to go to bed early, I was thinking, gosh, someone in California has like two more hours on me in Pacific time <laughs> and center time. Like, I got to go take some more reps, just a couple more reps. And um, I think that that really drove my experience through college softball and, you know, really made me become the player that I am and was in college. Um, college ball, there's nothing like it, right? You know, nothing like the team atmosphere, but nothing like wanting to win a championship with people you've been on the same team with for two, three, four years. Uh, and it just truly is an experience that I think really set me up into playing professional softball because in the SEC, it's just such a hard conference. Yes. Yes. And um, you you truly have to learn how to embrace failure. And I think when I was younger, it wasn't that I was afraid to fail, but it was definitely the worst thing that could happen, Right. And then as I got into college, though, I, I wanted to fail. I need, I knew I needed that in order to gain perspective, in order to get better. Um, you know, failure is only the opportunity to more intelligently begin again. And so, and I feel like if you if you don't fail, you're not trying hard. In all mm -hmm. honesty, mm -hmm. and um, I think that that truly grew the type of person and player that I was because I, I learned to embrace failure instead of being so afraid of it. And I think that that only intensified and enhanced my skill sets. You know, it's funny you talked about um, what it's like playing college softball, and there's nothing like it. I In college, I went to Ohio State, and I covered a ton of softball in the spring. And it was crazy because I would cover softball and I would cover baseball. And a weekend afternoon game, I would get to the stadium, you know, two hours ahead of time. And there was a line a line waiting to get in to these softball games of 
families bringing their young daughters and they all were in their uniforms and they were and the stadiums would fill up and you know the softball stadiums are smaller than a baseball stadium so there it was more intimate setting and they were packed every weekend every game and I would cover baseball and it just was not the same at all and that's the first experience I had with college softball and how special it really is and then you know the softball players come out afterwards and they'll meet some of the girls and it was just a really cool experience I don't think people realize exists really Oh, absolutely. I think, like you said, I think it's a very intimate setting. You know, baseball, I mean, at, at LSU, baseball is huge. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't, but I don't think they get to go out and really connect with the fans the way that softball does because it's so intimate. And because, you know, we go after after the games and go talk to all the kids. We, you know, I mean, it's, it's Louisiana, right? We tailgate before games. It's a, <laughs> it's a tradition. Oh, yeah. So. We get to hang out with all the fans, and it's definitely an experience. Like how you said, like little girls come in their jerseys. That's what and, I love the most. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, it's just it really gives you this new outlook on the type of player you are, or just even playing the sport and what you who you're doing it for. Because you know, after the games, I could have gone zero for three with three strikeouts and made an error in the field. And a little girl going to tell me, you had a great game, AJ. You know what I mean? And it's just like, she was, she's just excited to be there. AJ, you're my favorite player. Really? Do you, are you an outfielder? No, I just have the number six too. You know, like they just, they're not seeing anything about your performance. It's truly just the fact that you came out to take the time and to speak with them and that you're just someone that they hope to be in that position one day. Well, in 2016, you received one of the most prestigious awards one can receive in the sport. You were a gold glove recipient. The first woman ever. Like, just saying that blows my mind. What did this honor mean to you? I mean, it's it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. I mean, you said it, girl. No one, I mean, there may be a lot <laughs> after me, but no one else will be the first. So yeah. that's definitely something um, I love. And I mean, it's just the opportunity, honestly, the fact that to be able to be a trailblazer, not only in softball, but in women's sports in general, I just feel as women, not just athletes, but women in period, we have, we were put so many caps onto our success or on the things that we can achieve. And it's this, I think this world is infinite to our possibilities and to our potential, but because we are kind of put down and I think the word impossible is something that really try to, tries to touch and limit women more than it ever does men. I think any opportunity that a woman can break through the quote unquote impossible is a stepping stone for women in sports and just women in general. And so for me to be one of those women that really have kind of cleared a path for other people to walk through, um, I am so ecstatic and so honored by that because, you know, before 2016, 54 years prior, um, the Gold Glove had only been given to Major League Baseball players. And so I think being able to really be that first woman and, you know, I mean, I, I get excited when girls are like, I want to be the first woman, this, that, that. But a lot of times you hear is like, I want to be the first woman in the in MLB. I want to be the first woman in the NBA. And I hate that. You know, why, why do you feel like that's so much better than being the first woman in professional softball or, you know, right. you know first right, whatever right. in the WNBA, you know? And I think just any opportunity we can give to make women's sports look equal you know get that same respect that the male sports get I think it's just a w for women in general 
Well, you, like you had mentioned, you really have used your platform as an athlete to take it to new heights and pursue a master's degree, appeared on the ESPN body issue. You're very vocal about gender equality, like you just mentioned, and you work to inspire others. How have you continued to expand your dreams and really goals beyond the field? Oh, yeah. Well, hmm. (laughs) I think that just to expand my goals, honestly, I am one of those people that thinks anything is possible, maybe to a fault. Like I, you know, I think about a million things at once. I want to accomplish a million things at once because I feel like I can. And um, I think that, (laughs) yeah, it's it's a hard road to go because sometimes you just, you think so much, you actually get exhausted and just take a nap, even though I want to go. I want to go conquer the world today, but I'm just, I'm doing too much. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that just continuing to, like you said, speak out and continuing to work hard. I mean, there, there's never going to be a day that I, I don't work hard. And so just really putting myself in the position to be the best that I can be. Um, the Olympics 2020 is, you know, about a year away. Um, you know, it's extremely political, but I'm still going to work my hardest to break through those barriers that are there with the the USA Olympic team. And hopefully that's going to be something that I can put back on my resume. Um, But I mean, for me, honestly, inspiring others to be the best that they possibly can be is my top goal. And I would definitely say it's my passion. Um, I love working with kids. I work with young athletes, uh, mainly, you know, a lot of softball players, but I also work with just young women in general and just talk about, you know, goal achieving, um, aspirations, the things that we can do to work to get to that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just I really love working with people young and old and really making them believe in themselves. Kayla mentioned the ESPN body issue. I have to ask, how did you did you have to mentally prepare for something like that? I, I think the body issue is is amazing in terms of you can really see the strength and the power in athletes bodies in this type of magazine, but especially as a woman, was it kind of a mental preparation knowing, you know, that you're really putting yourself out there and you're very vulnerable? (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) Um, Honestly, it wasn't so much of a mental preparation for what other people would say as it was for what my dad was going to (laughs) say. Um. He's just, you know, my dad is a judge. He's just, you know, when I'm his very first, he, I mean, I'm one of three girls, but I'm his first and I think I'm his favorite. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, you know, it's just one of those deals where even throughout my whole life, whenever like I had to make a decision with my, or, you know, I'm trying to convince my dad of something, like I said before, he's a judge. So I have to think about his, I think about my rebuttal. I just think about <laughs> everything that he may say to me, what I'm going to say back. And so like, I create this PowerPoint or he created a PowerPoint for me and it was like the pros and cons of doing the body issue. And then I had wow. to create one and send it back to him of the pros and cons. And um, I just the pros outweigh the cons in everything that I came up with. And so, you know, he just, he was very supportive of me. And honestly, that was the first time in 10 years that a softball player had been in the body issue. That's so, you know, nice. for me, it was more, it was, it wasn't just about me, but also, right. I mean, my whole, career I'm just a very cut person like I said I played sports my whole life and so I've just been I've had muscles forever and I mean I just remember times when I wasn't I was kind of upset about it you know I didn't want my arms to get too big there are people that make comments about it and I really grew to love my muscles and love myself in college and um I really wanted I don't 
I don't want people to have to wait all the way until their sophomore year, freshman year of college to love themselves. And so for me to give another opportunity to really speak on that and hopefully inspire someone to love themselves, regardless of what people are going to say, you know, I'm making myself vulnerable out there so that someone else can maybe be lifted up. Um, for me, it was worth it. I mean, I did have to do a couple two-a-days. Don't get yeah, me wrong. I, was say, I, <laughs> I did a few two-a-days. <laughs> yeah, no, I hit the gym hard before that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, well, this past February, you hosted a Black History Month special titled Unapologetic on ESPN. You said in an interview, quote, I hope viewers will truly gain a greater understanding of the added pressures loaded on Black female athletes. For people who may not have seen the special, can you tell us a little bit about what it entailed? There were some big names involved in that production. and The trailer alone just gives you goosebumps. Yeah, so on, it's called Unapologetic, the Black Female Athlete. And it is basically just a documentary that really outlines the difficulties or maybe the extra struggles that Black women have to go through in sports um, that maybe most people don't realize. So when it comes down to marketability, right? Female athletes, the way that we, cause we don't get paid the way men get paid uh, just being athletes. So a lot of the money comes from sponsorships. And the thing that people may not understand is that in society, there is this quote unquote standard of beauty. And for the most part, having natural, the natural hair that black women have isn't a part of that standard. The darker skin isn't necessarily a part of that standard. You know, you, we didn't even talk about Maria Sharapova and Serena Williams as the biggest example I can give to where Serena is without a doubt the most dominant, not just tennis player, but athlete, male or male, that we have seen in a really long time, male or female in a really long time. Yet Maria Sharapova is paid more than Serena, even though Serena beats Maria Sharapova That's time crazy. and time again. Mm -hmm. And so you have to ask yourself, well, why is that? And typically you have, you know, the white, blue-eyed, blonde hair as what society seems more marketable. And then you go into, you know, that's just, that's one thing <clears throat> that women have to deal with. And then you go into maybe hair, you know, the difficulties that we, I mean, when you have someone do your hair, there's a lot of people that don't know how to do African-American women hair. And that's an issue why, you know, we just really need to broaden the diversity and broaden not only when it comes to sports, but the people that take care of our hair, the makeup artists, you know, it's all a part of really trying to make sure that everyone gets an equal opportunity to be successful and look the part. Um, and, you know, you have like Missy Copeland, you know, the first principal, uh, ba yeah, ballerina and um, first African-American. And, you know, she talks about even just with the stockings, how they're typically a pink, so they represent yeah. European skin. You know, just these little nuances that maybe people don't even realize that would make someone of color more uncomfortable than the average, right? Or even our body types, um, you know, African-American women, their muscles or just the way that they're built, things are sexualized a little bit more than other races. And I, I don't believe that unless you truly ha have a sit down conversation with someone about this, or maybe watch the documentary, you probably don't know that these things even exist. So that's why when I say, you know, gain a, a greater perspective, it's just learning, right? I think going through this world, 
we just have to be open-minded and we have to be willing to learn and to understand. And the only way that we can create change is to bring awareness. You know, not everything we bring awareness to will change, but nothing can change unless people are made aware of it. And um, that's, that's really what the point of it is about. Yeah, I even really appreciate. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go for it. I was just going to say, I really appreciated that um, Misty Copeland was in it as well, actually, because uh, my sister is a dancer and she will be professional very soon. And I know what it takes and what she goes through every single day. And I feel like dancers aren't viewed or looked at or respected as athletes, even though I know what she's doing. I know what she's putting her body through and all those things. So I love that Misty Copeland was involved in this whole campaign as well, because I think it even shined a light on dancers and um, maybe the respect that they don't get as being in the same category as elite athletes as well. Yeah. I mean, and even if you just think about stereotypes, right? Like stereotypes, you don't typically think when you think of, I think when you think of African-American women, you think of maybe track and basketball and that's an Mm -hmm. issue, right? You know, you don't Mm -hmm. see a lot of black women in softball. And so then you, you talk about maybe the experiences that black girls go through when they play softball being that they're probably the only ones on their team or or talk to Simone Manuel who is the swimmer the first African-American woman to be to win a gold medal in an individual swimming event in the Olympics first African-American woman and I think that you just again you have these stereotypes of black women black people can't swim right and so it's just these uh, these opportunities to really break these stereotypes and make people realize that we have to let go of the ignorance and truly broaden our horizons so that everyone can flourish and everyone can grow. You know, it's, it's so refreshing because when we are, the point of this podcast is really to get athletes or or people in the the sports media that are on here that have more than a story about on the field to tell. And obviously AJ, you have that and you have so much more that you want to do in making this a better, better world. How do you personally find balance? And and it, it seems like you're just naturally that kind of a person that wants to do better in the world. I do. I do. I definitely have. I just don't feel like we were put on this earth to work and die. You know, I feel like we all have a passion and I feel like you just have to live through that. And my passion is truly, I just, I love equality. I love things being six people being successful, people living in their truth and really breaking through barriers. I I don't think anything makes me more proud than to watch someone break through a barrier. And um, I think that that's what really drives me because I just, there's so many barriers for women. (laughs) And I am so passionate about any and every woman that can knock down a bit. Like I am the biggest cheerleader for women in sport, not just women, people in general, people right. in the world right. that can truly overcome adversities that are placed in front of them and get to the top. And so I guess for me, balancing everything is just, it's just knowing what I want in this world. And I know that I can't be a softball player forever. Um, Even though I would if I could, you know, at one point, things are just not gonna, they're not gonna work the way they used to. But um, so it's just about following that passion. And I'm passionate about softball. I'm passionate about equality. I'm passionate about 
success. I'm passionate about people realizing their dreams and achieving all of those. Passionate about myself achieving all of my own dreams. And so I'm just, I guess I'm just a go-getter. And I just, I can't stop until I everything's got. <laughs> I love it. We need more of those people in the world. I know. <laughs> I'm we need more AJs you. in the world. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You have been absolutely amazing. I'm so happy that our listeners got to hear from you. Um, I saw on your Twitter, I think someone referred to you as the Beyonce of softball. That is so true. Yeah. That's to you. awesome. I know. Oh, I love it. I'm so glad you concur. Yeah, I went on the Tom Joyner <laughs> morning show and um, Jackie Reed, she said, talking to Beyonce. Trust me, when she said that, I was like, okay. I, you I know, I really, out. I felt that like that, like basically my whole life, I felt that way. But, you know, for someone to finally say it, I think it really allowed <laughs> me to sing into my own and just ex- embrace it. <laughs> I love amazing. it. That's awesome. Um, well, for people that want to keep up with you and follow your career and your journey and all the wonderful things that you're doing, where can they follow you on social media? Yeah, so I am on Instagram, AJ underscore Andrews underscore. I'm also on Twitter, AJ Andrews 0609. AJ Andrews was taken, I guess, on Twitter. Um, and I am kind of I'm, I'm in the works of creating a Facebook fan page. I lost my password to my old personal oh, no. Facebook. Yeah, so I haven't been able to get back in that. So um, <laughs> Facebook, it should be up probably in the next week or so, and it'll just be AJ Andrews. And you have a website as well too, right? I do. It's always AJ.com. Awesome. Awesome. AJ, well, you were a pleasure to have on yeah, today. Yes. <gasps> Thanks, ladies. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. At Blue Wire, we don't just partner with any advertiser. We want to make sure we're giving our listeners a good deal on a product. That's exactly why we love doing business with Harry's. Harry's is giving Blue Wire listeners a shaving kit for just $3. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire and you'll save $10 on a trial set, which includes five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel and a travel blade cover if you're not familiar with harry's it's time you should be harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price the founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and over designed harry's bought a world-class blade factory in germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years join the 10 million who have tried harry's Claim your free trial by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a free refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3. Well, Kayla, she just knocked my socks off, basically. <laughs> yeah. What a, what I a mean, phenomenal... Human? Yeah. yeah, everything she's accomplished in her life so far. I mean, we, we started this podcast talking about people who are creating change. She is creating change. And whether that be on the field or off, she's doing it everywhere in every aspect of her life. Yeah, she talk about a person, an athlete who has used her platform for the good. Uh, she just does so much for the sport. 
just for you know equal rights in terms mm-hmm. of women and and men and you know just everybody she just wants it to be an equal playing field and I so much respect that because she was able to kind of use what she's done in her college career and now at this point of her career and she just wants this to be a, a better place and I have yep. so much respect for athletes like that because they have so many other things that they can worry about in their lives because they do have so much going for them but like to to sit there and like sit back for a second and say I just want this to be a better place for us to live yep. in that's pretty special and she's just leading by example right yeah she is you know she she's making an impact just by her actions which I think is so powerful um you know even seeing that picture of her holding up that golden glove trophy yeah, pretty cool it's incredible she's she's awesome and Cannot wait to see what is in store for her because she's a she's a girl on a mission. Yeah, and she reminds me, you know, Jessica Mendoza. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. She reminds me so much of her in the way that she's able to be such a a paver for women in the sport, and not only the sport of softball, but because it does con- connect so much with baseball. I'm not saying it's the exact same sport, but I will say this, Ella. Me have played soft, uh, have played soft. Why can't I talk today? So I played softball, right? So now, like my whole career covering baseball, it's so much easier. It comes so much natural, naturally for me because I played softball. It's right. not the same exact sport, but it's very similar. And so I could see her kind of following in Jessica's footsteps mm-hmm. because she could sit there up in the booth and call it a call. Oh game. my gosh. Heck you know? Yeah. So I, I encourage more women like her to get involved in the game and hopefully the game of baseball, you know, see somebody like that and gives her a shot too. If she wants to do that type of thing. Absolutely. Well, that guest really, I wouldn't say knock it out of the park, but I didn't want to come up with oh, a yeah. joke. <laughs> but she knocked it out of the park. Literally. She definitely did. Um, well, we, we thank her for coming on, and yeah. I hope that you guys enjoyed it and just enjoyed a different perspective. I know some of these sports are sports maybe that you don't watch, but maybe this pulls you in in a different way. Mm-hmm. And there's so much to, to learn. I mean, I feel like we're, we're in sports every day, but we're still learning through these, through these interviews and meeting all of these wonderful people. Yep, and there's nothing wrong with broadening the mind when it comes to anything in life. So... We do it every week, even though we've been in this business and seen a lot, we still continue to learn things every day. So hopefully you as the listeners uh, are enjoying doing the same thing. Uh, We have a lot more to get to in the weeks to come. So we're excited because we had listed all the things that are going on. It's, It's busy for the next couple of months. So we'll be announcing some new guests soon. But for all of those people out there who are new subscribers or haven't subscribed yet, Ella, where can they go? If you're on iTunes, which that's probably where you are. Yes. Click that subscribe button, people. We'd love to get more subscribers. Um, Please leave a rate or review, or both, of course. On social media, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at PressPassPod. Putting out a lot of content. Come join us. Chat with us. We'd love to hear from you. And we are starting to engage a little more on our social media platforms. So on Twitter, we put out a lot of polls. 
Make sure to vote and comment. It's so fun. Whenever I see a poll, it's just impulse to like click on it. Oh, I always participate in polls. Isn't that great? I know. You always get so much high participation numbers because people love polls. So And it's just good discussion. And for us, we can see what people are interested in, what they're watching, um, which I think is really great too. Yeah. So if you have any suggestions for us, make sure to leave it on any of our social media platforms. But as always, we really do appreciate you guys the the loyal listeners and some of the new ones if you're new that have hopped on we hope you stay with us because we really put a lot into this podcast it means a lot to us and we hope that you guys continue to enjoy it so hopefully you guys have a, a wonderful week and we'll be back here same place next uh week right on next week episode 24